Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What's up, you Tennessee Hober? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, we've made it to the conclusion of our fall preview series, the Vanderbilt Commodore Shane and... I know we're a bunch of Tennessee guys, so we got to take off the orange power tea hat, put on our Commodore hat, so to speak. I even had a mm-hmm. cup, Shane, I was drinking out of. It was a Tennessee cup. I was like, my God, I can't rightfully do that <laughs> while we're doing a Vanderbilt preview. You know what? That's right. I got the Clark Lee buzz, you know, and, and you know, since we're going to be talking about him and, and my bald friends up there. So, no, this should be exciting. A lot of people aren't talking about Vanderbilt, even though they had a phenomenal season last year. Uh, but, hey, it's the end, man. We made it through. We're going doing all the teams. This is the last one here. And uh, and next time you see us, we're going to be at media day. So uh, mm. before you get going, Mike, don't forget Bearded Iris, Saturday, 3 to 6. Mike, you got that address for him? Yes, sir. That's 101 Van Buren Street, Nashville, Tennessee, right near the top golf in uh, Germantown part of town. So, yeah, Bearded Iris, July 15th, 3 to 6 Central Time. Shane and I are going to be there. Pounding some beers, and uh, we got beer koozies for all of you that show up free of charge. I, and this is a free event, of course. We, I, I wish it was free beer. I, I couldn't swing that yet, but, uh, <laughs> but they do charge for beer there. But hey, it's going to be a great time, and uh, we're just trying to give back to all the fans out there, Shane. And this is the best idea we could come up with right there. Tailgate to SEC Media Days. It's in town in Nashville for the first time ever. And, uh, man, I, I'm excited about it. Me too, man. Me too. I've been working my ass off all the way through to this thing, you know. <laughs> so it's a lot, it's not like a vacation, but Saturday and Sunday are going to be a little less chill uh, because media days, it's on. Right. You know, we're listening to coaches. We're talking to players. We're, we're figuring out storylines. We're doing a live show. We're going to have a live show every day while we're there on media day. So it's going to be 100, 100 miles an hour. Right. But Saturday, it's going to be playtime. So come down there and have a cold <laughs> beer with me and Mike. And uh, the Flying Hawaiian, even coming in all the way from Hawaii to hang out with us, it's going to be a pretty fun event. Right. And a little behind the scenes for the audience, Shane, this is going to be the last episode that Shane and I – uh, well, like, well, we actually have one recorded that's coming out pretty soon. But this, uh-huh. this is the last time Shane and I are going to sit down and record a show before SEC Media Days. So uh, I just wanted to to end this spring recap a little different, Shane. We're, we're still going to do the Vanderbilt preview in just a second. But I wanted to just throw something your way. You know, it's, Wait, real quick, too, I, I, before you can jump into that. So just a reminder, Mike is going to be putting a show out Saturday. Yes, sir. It's one that me, me and Mike did earlier, <laughs> and I want to apologize because I can't remember anything we said in that one because I was about 10 beers deep in it. But it is. Uh, it, I think we had a good time, Mike, so be sure to check that one out. Uh, it will be on the YouTubes on Saturday. So it's, it's kind of a – Kind of a, a prequel to uh, SEC Media Days. Mike's got his ballot. We go through that, and uh, you can kind of see the narratives that the SEC is going to have this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we're also planning, Shane, your brother, the Flying Hawaiian, he's going to be in. Uh, he and I did a show before Media Days, uh, and I think he and I are going to do a live show probably Friday yeah. Friday evening. So plenty of shows coming before Media Days, but just the last time Shane and I are, are physically – 
recording one, so I just wanted to get that out there. But before we get into Media Day, Shane, I, I just love this topic. I saw it, um, I think it was actually on Reddit. Someone posted this, and I just thought it was a terrific uh, question. And I'm throwing this at you. You have no idea what I'm about to say. So I, I apologize for, for not giving you uh, time to, to prep for this. But the question is, Shane, who is the next team in the SEC to win a national championship that has not done so in the last five years. So we're taking Georgia off the list. We're taking Alabama off the list. We're taking LSU off the list. So if you could take those three off, and we're including, Shane, here's the curveball, we're including Texas and Oklahoma in this. Yeah. And it has to be, you know, if if Texas or Oklahoma wins it somehow this upcoming season, I'm not really counting that. I'm counting as an SEC team. You can mention any, and I, I've got. I, I was just kind of curious to get maybe your top three. I thought we'd go back and forth, and I'll even let you go first if you want, because I've got a mm-hmm. couple on my list here. I'm just kind of curious to know what you think. Basically, the next team that has not won a national championship in a while out of the SEC, who do you, who are you most confident in will be that next team? Oh, most confident, Mike. It's tough because it just doesn't happen much. When you remove LSU, Georgia, and Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, think about the last time any of those other programs won a national championship or, hell, even made it to a college football playoff. So right. uh, I think the I think the top toward the top of my list, if not the top one, is going to be Texas. A&M. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't don't get me wrong. I just think that right now, because this is a younger team, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is the year they pop. You're talking next five years. So I'm looking for programs that got all the pieces now and just need to tweak it. And it's gonna come down to coaching, which again, that's that's my only drawback is you know i'm 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 not everybody knows i'm not high on 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 fisher here but right but i'm looking at talent i'm looking at program i'm looking at recruiting i'm looking at nl i mean it is built if i'm building a college football team on the ncaa football game and i'm going through looking for a job all the attributes are located down there at college station there's no reason that this team should not make it to a college football playoff there's no reason that this team could not uh, you know, compete for a national championship, and to say five years, hell, Mike, they're they're here now. Mm-hmm. They're a year from it now, so that's why I'm high on on uh, Texas A and M. Well, I'm I'm glad you said that, Shane, because they're number two on my list, and uh, I'm also glad you didn't go full Homer mode. But I guess I am because I got Tennessee number one on my board, Shane, and Ooh. and a lot of that has to do with Josh Heupel and just the outstanding job he's done on Rocky Top in his two seasons there. Uh, and just, you know, the fact that this game, Shane, is so quarterback dependent now and basically everywhere he's been, he's produced elite quarterback after elite quarterback. They just signed the five-star Nico. So uh, the future is very bright under that position. And, you know, it's very popular right now, Shane, to, to troll Tennessee for their defense and how awful it was against South Carolina. But that's not telling the whole story of the progression that they have made on that side of the ball the way they're recruiting the last couple of years. So freshmen and sophomores already on the team and the current recruiting class, man, they have got some elite defensive prospects coming up through the pipeline. 
And again, they don't need to be Georgia on defense, right. given the offense that they have under Josh Heupel. So I think Tennessee is one to keep your eye on as a, a, a team with legitimate aspirations, particularly, I, I guess I'm kind of, uh, you know, putting this on Nico if he lives up to the hype. They also got an elite quarterback committed in the upcoming class. There's another in the 2025 that's from the state of Tennessee. So, I mean, the pipeline at quarterback for Tennessee could be incredibly strong for the years to come. So, I, I'm putting Tennessee up there. Oh, I like it, man. I like it. I want it. It's been a long time since we've been there. <laughs> 98, man. That was a good year, but – it's time to do it on this side of the of the 20th century or 21st century, whatever, however you figure that stuff out. I'm probably not the right guy. But, Mike, number two on my list is staying in the state of Texas. Mm. I think when you're looking at what the Longhorns are bringing in, you got a young team as well. you got a coach that I've got faith in, uh, maybe not at the bar, but I definitely do with recruiting. I definitely do with this offense. I mean, look what he was able to do when he was down there at Bama, and now he's getting all the pieces together. And and a lot of people on this podcast probably aren't paying attention to the recruiting trail that Texas is on. But, son, when they get over here to the SEC, they're going to be competing with everybody. And that's why in five years there's no reason that that program could not be making a college football playoff and making a run. So I'm, it's scary, man. I, some of you don't want Texas over here. And I'm one of them right now. But we will embrace them. We will be brothers in arms. But I'm telling you, until they get over here, beware. Texas is bringing some victories. Yeah. Well, they're number four on my list, Shane. So I don't think you're far off at all. But I don't think it's uh, fair, perhaps, given you know the last decade or so of, of Big 12 football. And we got an email. We got an angry emailer the other day, Shane. He kind of made me realize – we're sleeping on them sooner, Shane. Give me Oklahoma, number three okay. on my board. I realized last year was a disappointment, but that's going to happen. When you lose your coach, who's a great coach, and he steals the quarterback and several other players off the team, I mean, yeah. that's just that's tough to do. To, I don't, if Alabama, if that happened, you know, if Nick Saban took Bryce Young and they jumped to Washington or something, Alabama would have been hurting. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you, you could make the case for that to happen anywhere. And, again, I realize Oklahoma was down, but they have been dominant in the Big 12 for the better part of a decade and a half. They did get their ass kicked by Texas last year, but uh, I believe they had won like seven or eight in a row prior to that over Texas. So I'm not ready to write Oklahoma off. And I think the way they're recruiting, Shane, they've had time. Brent Venables knows, hey, this team ain't ready for the SEC. we got to beef it up on both lines of scrimmage. And I think the Sooners are, are a team to watch, Shane, and kind of like when Missouri came in the league, everybody was like, well, we're getting A&M. They'll compete. Missouri, they're just – they are what they are. And it was Missouri that came in and won back-to-back right. division titles. I think Oklahoma comes in with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, I'm, I'm not writing Oklahoma off. Okay, man. I like it. And they've been there. You right. know, they've You know, so this isn't uncharted territory for them. Mike, I'm going to take the the easy road on this last one because I got it down to two. And, Mike, and maybe because we just did them and I, they're, they're, they're at the top of my list, but Auburn and Florida mm. are two programs that have won national championships, that have potential to win more national championships. They got young coaches. 
maybe not age wise, you know, one of them does, but you know what I mean? <laughs> They've got new, it's a new face. It's a new look. It's a program that they're building from the ground up. And I truly think that the Florida Gators maybe need to be a little bit more patient, but the way they're hitting this recruiting trail, I'm telling you that Gainesville, it, it could be rocking again. You own the state of Florida that, that the recruits you can get from the state alone. If you make Florida sexy again, and then you got Auburn, with I think is, is is a hell of a hire with Hugh Freeze. Um, you may not like him personally, but the guy can get victories. He can develop quarterbacks. That's what you got to have in the SEC. They're not going to have the divisions anymore, Mike. So having a Georgia and Alabama on your schedule isn't the end of the world anymore. You still can find your way into a college football playoff. So those two teams are the ones that I've got on the list because they got the money, they got the NIL, they got the clout. It's just time to make them relevant again. Right. Well, that's interesting, Shane, because that's exactly what I had written down initially. But I crossed off the Gators, Shane, and put in the South Carolina Gamecocks. Come on, <laughs> baby. And You know, for me, Shane, the, the difference there, and I agree, everything you said is accurate. I mean, that's, and that's kind of where I was at. But, um, again, we just previewed Florida, so I'm not sitting here trying to trash them. But – I'm still, you know, if I'm being 100% honest, I'm not bought in on Billy Napier. Now, that doesn't mean he won't be the guy. He's recruiting. If he recruits like he is now, they will be right in that playoff mix relatively soon. They just got to land a quarterback, and they have one. They got a five-star committed. So, if they hit on him, they're going to be right there exactly what you said. But I got more confidence in Shane Beamer at this point in time, Shane. They're recruiting incredibly well, too. They're always doubted. You know, they're not going to have the talent of Georgia. They're not going to have the talent of Alabama. And they've not had the talent of A&M or Clemson last year or Tennessee. And they beat them. So, they have proven that they can defy the odds. Their talent is getting better and better. If they can get consistency from the quarterback position, get the defense a little bit better, tougher against the run, South Carolina – I think is a, that wild card. Maybe the next, uh, you know, Auburn's always coming out of nowhere and, and yeah, shocking everybody. I think South Carolina is in position to do that. Not right away. Again, we're looking two, three years down the road. But yeah. uh, I think South Carolina is a, a program on the rise big time. Do you got any fringe teams, Mike? Maybe, I mean, you, you said Florida was close. You got anybody else hovering around there? Yeah, Florida was definitely right there. Uh, I mean, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, that's that's the one. Them in Arkansas, those yeah. those two are are kind of the ones floating around there, and and especially Ole Miss because now that Lane Kiffin feels, and I don't want to say he's never committed to the program, but now that you've got this long contract and and you can't, maybe it's not just going to be the transfer portal. You you know, maybe we're going to have some some serious recruiting from the state of Mississippi. I mean, if you can just recruit from that state, you can make a national championship run. So do do you see something? I mean, because you said five years, I, yeah. I I think Ole Miss may be a little bit closer right now. But do you see them maybe popping up here? Yeah, them in Arkansas. I'm glad you threw in the Razorbacks too, Shane. And th- this is something. You know, with Texas and Oklahoma coming in the league, every, you know, some people fired up. You know, this is too hard. It, you know, we don't want to play nine games on and on. Yeah. I get it. But I think the teams that really are poised to benefit from that is Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State because they're not going to be trapped by playing in the SEC West. 
Uh, and maybe there's years where you you avoid Alabama and Georgia and you throw in some of these East teams that, you know, historically you are just as good, if not better than. And, you know, yeah. maybe that's cheating a little bit because I'm saying you're dodging the top two programs in the country. But, hey, that's what it takes sometimes to, to get to yeah. the playoff, to get hot. You catch a break in, the, in a 12-team playoff. Uh, I think that's the path to Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State becoming a, a true title contender. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think all, the, all three of those programs are, are ones to keep your eye on as well. Yeah, and that's that's one thing you got to remember. The, the the playoffs are expanding in this scenario. So, you know, you look at a team like Arkansas that may have a tough schedule right out of the gate, but do they catch fire in September, November? You know, do they, do they squeak into the college football playoffs at the right time, starting to peak? So, yeah. uh, I I think that's what's so exciting is you know for the longest time you drop a game early, you're out, man. I mean, I hate as a Tennessee Vol fan playing the Florida Gators and then losing so damn early in the year is deflating because it's like you now need Florida to lose twice, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to to even be considered for a BCS. So it, it was just it, it's now you can drop a Florida, you can come close and maybe lose an Alabama or something like that, but still find a way to get into that college football playoff and then catch fire. So I I. I I know people are torn on this because they think regular season games don't matter anymore. They're going to matter. They're going to be. They're going to matter, and it's going to be exciting. But I do think that the college football playoffs is going to benefit the entire SEC the most. Yep. All right, Chad. Let's get into it with the Vanderbilt Commodores cap this fall camp preview special here with Clark Lee's group, Shane, and uh, you know, quick recap of last season. You got to remember where this program was at, Shane. They didn't win a single conference game the first year. They lost every game by, by an average of 20 points in conference play. I mean, they were getting killed, right? I mean, let's just yeah. call it what it was. But a huge win to open last year over Hawaii. You started 3-0, and and you capped it at the end. Beating Kentucky on the road in Lexington. Beating mm-hmm. Florida. First win over Florida in Nashville since 1988, Shane. Oh, yeah. Wow. They played them every other year there. Most wins for the Commodores, Shane, since 2018 last year. And they lost to Missouri by three points on the road. Had they won that game, Shane, Vanderbilt would be going to a bowl game last year. So, yeah. I mean, just an incredible job, Clark Lee, in year two, seven and 17 overall as Vanderbilt's head coach. And I think the story, Shane, is just – each year under him, the team seems to be getting stronger by the end of the year. And they're going to need that because the schedule upcoming is pretty tough at the end of the year. But there's a real opportunity to gain some momentum with this team early and finally punch that ticket to the postseason. And I think this is the year they do it. And I, I thought they, I thought this would be the year, Mike. I really did. I, I thought last year was kind of a surprise beating Florida, beating, beating Kentucky. But what I loved about it was just that raw emotion. I, I'll never forget them pulling Coach Lee there after. I mean, he's crying. Just He's so emotional right. thinking about everything these boys went through. That's what they're creating, man. And that's what that program has to have. They've got to have each other's back. 
They they can't be a, a room. It's not like Bama when you got a whole bunch of five stars running around and these guys could be in the NFL. No, you got a whole bunch of dudes in here that are out for each other. And 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 to do that is why you can never just pencil an easy victory anymore with Vanderbilt. Right. And in, how about this, Shane? Returning production for the Commodores. 16 returning starters for Vanderbilt. I, I don't think enough people are paying attention here. Uh, 56.6% of the passing yards are back with A.J. Swan. Mm-hmm. That number would have been a lot higher had he not gotten hurt. He threw for over 1,200 yards last year as a true freshman in the SEC. Here's where they're kind of in trouble, though, Shane. Rushing, only 14% is back. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Smith, 151 yards. That led the, that's leading returner, 150 yards. I mean, most backs in this league get that in the game. Receiving, though, Shane, 79% of the production is back. Top three pass mm-hmm. catchers. Will Shepard, hell of a player, 776 receiving yards last year. And the offensive line, Shane, four starters back with 77 starts. I think Vanderbilt's offense, you know, they're not going to be – Tennessee last year or anything, but uh, they're going to be able to to keep up with folks. And, and this is the unit that if they make the postseason, it's going to be because of them. Yeah, you continuity. I think that's the the key here. And yes, we lost a running back over a stupid situation, but I, again, I love Ray, but I think that this offensive line was part of the reason they were so successful running the ball mm-hmm. and having those guys back. I think that's pivotal. I love AJ Swan. Uh, we'll talk about him here a little bit in, in a minute, but I, I just think if you were bringing pieces back, these are exactly what you want. Running back is big and important, but I would rather have offensive line quarterback and receivers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So as for the transfer portal, Shane, Vanderbilt hit uh, you know, kind of hard via the transfer portal, lost 11 guys. Yeah. About half of them went to lower levels, so that those were not losses. But some of the guys they lost, you already mentioned it, Ray Davis to Kentucky, that's a big blow. He, he was the yeah. best player on the team, I thought, the last couple of years. Uh, Elijah McAllister now at Auburn. We talked about him on the last episode. He's already – representing Auburn at media days yeah. to give you an indication of, of what a loss that is. Uh, Mike Wright, the quarterback who led him to those wins in the SEC last year, he's now at Mississippi State. And then uh, uh, Jadeus Richard, who's now at Miami, he was pegged to be a corner, a starting corner for the Commodore. So that's a pretty tough blow. Uh, those are the four guys that I think they're really going to miss this, this fall. Yeah, and you always worry about when, you, when you're talking transfer portals – Vanderbilt losing guys so mm-hmm. yeah we did lose some I, I think it could have been worse though I mean you mentioned Shepard you mentioned Swan I mean some of these guys could have left but they're sticking around and I think that has more to do with the culture that uh Lee's creating there right and where they really need to shore things up is on the defense chain and they, that this is where they're getting guys out of the portal uh Aeneas DeCosmo from Stanford chain if you come in and you're a defensive lineman as a transfer, and they give you number zero. You know he's a player there. <laughs> Former four-star, uh, 26 tackles last year, two and a half tackles for loss, played in all 12 games for Stanford. Linebacker Prince Cauley from Notre Dame, four-star recruit. He he recruited uh, to Notre Dame by Clark Lee. So, you yeah. know, the connection there has got to be pretty strong. Another Stanford defensive lineman, Jacob Catoni, a tight end, Chris Boyle from Brown. Brown, uh-oh. 
and then nice. kicker from Kansas, Jacob Borsalia. That's your main transfers in. Also, Michigan State transfer linebacker Carson Castile. So, again, it's it's almost primarily all defensive players trying to get that, that unit up to speed quickly. Yeah, man. Brown, Stanford, all these smart bastards over here in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> now, they signed uh, the number 15 – or, excuse me, 52 recruiting class last in the SEC. But I don't know how many of these guys are going to make a big-time impact uh, aside from the running backs. They did sign an elite kicker as well. Uh, number 49 corner, Martrell Height. The number 50 running back, Cedric Alexander, who looked like a he looked like the best running back on the team, in my opinion, in the spring. Uh, the number 51 running back, A.J. Newberry. Number 65 tight end, Josh Palmer. And then how about this, Shay? Number four kicker. Come on, we need a kicker here. <laughs> Brock Taylor. Uh, that's kind of the highlights of the recruiting uh, class. But Vanderbilt is, you know, they, they're clearly, Shane, they're recruit and develop. That's going to be the mantra of this program. They're not trying to sign guys and have them start in the SEC year one. They're, they're hoping these guys by year two, year three, um, are making huge impacts for the team. You know, it kind of reminds me of Stoops when he went up there at Kentucky. That's, mm -hmm. that's exactly what they had to do. And then now look at them, top 25 programs, you know, 10 win seasons. So right. it takes a while. It takes a while, but there's a reason they hired coach, you know, here he's alumni. He's, he's, he knows what it takes to win at Vanderbilt. So again, I, I it's slow. It's it's not sexy, but four or five years from now, what does this program look like? I think it looks a million times better. Right. And I said, Shane, sixteen returning starters, but also twenty-eight seniors on this roster. So this is yeah. the most veteran team that Clark Lee has had yet in year three there in Nashville. Let's rank the offensive position groups. And you already know where I'm going, Shade. Quarterback, <laughs> leading the way, A.J. Swan. First career start, Shane, on the road against Northern Illinois. Vanderbilt was an underdog. He threw for 255 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's a star in the making. Uh, Ken Seals is back. Seems like he's been there yep. forever. Uh, Drew Dickey who was uh, ESPN, rated him as a four-star prospect. And Walter Taylor, who on three had as a four-star prospect. Pretty uh, solid quarterback room here for the Commodores. Yeah, again, I think people sleeping on Swan. Uh, this is a, this is a household name. This is and Vanderbilt does this every you know every ten years a dude comes through and then all of a sudden you're like, hey man, this guy could play on Sundays, you know? Because I really right. do think he's got the 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 attributes to do so. But like you said, I like Seals. I think here's another kid that was battling for that starting position. So with Swan's injuries last year it's always nice to have a reliable backup and i think they got one here with seals mm -hmm. next i got the receivers shane and the only problem with the receivers we're lacking some depth i feel like but we got a outstanding trio here will shepherd caught the game-winning touchdown against kentucky uh, Jaden mcgowan fastest player on the team quincy skinner all back your top three pass catchers uh, gamarian carter is also back he was i think fifth or sixth in receiving uh, but then it, there's a drop-off, Shane, but they signed some freshmen, Landon Humphreys, Junior Sherrill, and Deron Parrish. So if they were a little bit deeper, I probably would put this group number one because I like the mm -hmm. I like the th three trio guys we got up top. But uh, behind them is kind of a question mark. That's, that's a little bit of a concern for me. Yeah, but big-time players, man. Yeah. I mean, 
it's been a while since Vanderbilt had three good options out there. So I, I, I think this is a, a, a very strong room. Uh, some of these younger guys probably going to need to step up. Like you said, they're going to have – they got some uniqueness to them, which I think is cool too. It's not just the same body, same style. But, but man, those top three are – I mean, they could they could play at any program. Mm-hmm. Next I got the offensive line, Shane. And, again, returning 77 starters – all or starts among that offensive line. All these guys are juniors or, sh- or seniors, Shane, and they allowed just 15 sacks last year. Left tackle, Gunnar Hansen. Left guard, Delphin Xavier Castillo. Center, Julian Hernandez. He's the best one. Brady Ashmore at right guard. So they just need to find a right tackle. And they got Junior Usby, who He's got five career starts under his belt. Uh, I, I think they got a solid starting unit here. Uh, only problem was, I mean, at times, the reason we love Ray Davis, Shane, because at times he had nowhere to run the ball, yet he was still yeah. getting it done. So just because you bring everybody back doesn't mean you're bringing back, in, you know, an elite offensive line. This this unit does have a ways to go. But, uh, you know, I, I would take experience over on the offensive line just about at any other position. You know what? Yeah, experience is is important. It's not everything, but like you said, it's it's something that you can build on. This is a growing program, so there's going to be some other names that that are going to pop up. Some of the guys they brought in last year maybe put some weight on. So, you know, we're going to see some more rotation up front, and I think that's the key here with this offensive line is that you've finally got a few more bodies to put in that rotation. Mm-hmm. So next I got the running backs, Shane. Again, big question mark, but at least we got some – some depth here. Patrick Smith, Chase Gillespie, Dylan Bates Polly, and then the two freshmen, Cedric Alexander, AJ Newberry. Out of five guys, and I'm looking right at you, Cedric Alexander, true freshman. I mean, we we got to find someone that can carry the rock. And um, you know, you're gonna need to have to have many guys do it in the SEC. Yeah, you think any of those guys three down back? Like Ray? I mean, one guy that they really liked two years ago was Patrick Smith, but he took a step back last year. So, uh, honestly, no, I, I don't. I think it's going to have to be by committee. Yeah. Okay. Well, the system. I mean, sometimes it's a system thing, too. And, again, I'm not trying to pull from what Ray did, mm-hmm. but, you know, they put him in good position. They put him – and I think if you can get Swan, keep him healthy, and keep that pressure because a lot of times Ray was hitting eight in the box and – you know, still able to move forward sometimes, but it's a little bit easier when you, you know, you got to give these boys respect on the outside. And Shane, it wouldn't be a fall preview if I didn't put the tight ends last here. <laughs> Cole Spence, he's been productive, but he's that's about it, Shane. Freshman Cameron Johnson behind him and Chris Boyle, the transfer from Brown, but we lost our top two tight ends to uh, eligibility. So uh, big question mark there is also the tight end for Vanderbilt. Now, how about the defense, Shane? Nine possible senior starters. Again, you, you love that. If you want, you're looking for a unit to, to uh, turn the corner this fall, year three under Clark Lee, I'm putting linebackers first here for the Commodore, Shane. C.J. Taylor maybe the best player on the team. Two mm-hmm. fumble recovery touchdowns last year, one against Kentucky, one against Florida. So, I mean, we can credit this young man for, for those two SEC wins, essentially. C.J. Taylor, uh, Ethan Barr's back, 164 career tackles, started the last two seasons. 
Kane Patterson's back, the Clemson transfer. His younger brother, Lanston Patterson, is also there. Bryce Cowan. And then that transfer from Notre Dame, Prince Colley. And then uh, also the Michigan State transfer, Carson Castile. And one of our highest-rated signees, uh, Ethan Crisp, the true freshman. This is uh, the most talent, I think, that uh, the, we lost to Anthony Orgy. So you know, that's a blow, but I think it's the deepest we've been at linebacker under Clark Lee. Golly, the oldest, <laughs> you know, non-seniors, non you know. I'd, I'd be curious what the average age is uh, of this defense compared to some of these other programs. These boys are meeting at Hardy's in the morning talking about high school football, ain't they, Mike? <laughs> I think the only ones that match up is maybe BYU, you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, next, I got the defensive backs. We got some productive guys here too, Shane. Jalen Mahoney, 35 career starts. Ricky Wright. And B.J. Anderson, they, they've all started games. Marlon Sewell, Allen Wright, and John Halsey are back as well. Uh, a quality group of defensive backs here. Need to, need to take that step forward. I mean, they've, they've been abused at times, but uh, you know, that, that's why I can't put them any higher than second. Yeah. No, and, and I guess we'll, we'll get to camp questions, but that's – I mean, we need help, brother. Right. We need help in that, in that room, and, and we need some dudes to step up. And it's like, you know, development's – you can only you can't teach speed. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're only as fast. So I'm kind of curious what other names pop up here. You mentioned some of them on the tail end. There, you're going to need somebody to to step up and help that room. Mm -hmm. So last, I got the defensive line. Shane Nate Clifton's back. He's got 25 starts under his belt. Christian James and Davion Davis. They're all mm -hmm. fifth year seniors. Love to see that experience on the line of scrimmage. And then how about some of these young guys? Shane Devin Lee's back. And then Darren Agu, he's a true sophomore. He picked Vanderbilt over Tennessee. He's a highly rated guy. And I saved the best for the last, Shane, just for you. Julian, no idea how to say this. Uateri, he's German, six foot seven, 305 pounds. Come on now, you ain't running on that madman there in Nashville. Yeah, that's right. You just got to stick him right in the middle. You remember Tennessee had that, what was that, uh, what was that big old boy's name? Uh, you yeah. remember who I'm talking about? Yeah, Daniel the Mountain. Daniels McCluster, something like that. He, yeah, he ended up going to, I think, Pittsburgh or something yep. like that. But you just need that big boy to <laughs> sit up there and chew up a couple of blocks. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to tackle quarterback. I need you to take up three of these linemen up front. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, at kicker, we got a little bit of a, a question mark here as well, Shane. It was rough in the spring. We added the Kansas transfer, Jacob Borsilia. We got the walk-on, Will Ferris, who kicked in the spring. And then the top recruit, Brock Taylor. So, hey, at least we got three options there. We got to find a, a suitable kicker there. But we got one of the best punters in the SEC, Shane. And where's he from? Australia. <laughs> Matthew Hayball. Shane averaged 45 yards per punt. And he's a lefty, Shane. And I don't know what it is. I've, I've heard Bill Belichick, you know, he only wants left-footed punters because apparently the rotation's all wonky and it's hard to catch. So they got that going okay. for him too. All right, man. Well, you learn something every day on that <laughs> SEC podcast. <laughs> all right, so the top 10 Commodore Shane is ranked on the NCAA video game. Give me – Linebacker C.J. Taylor, 92 overall. Receiver Will Shepard, give me a 91 for him. Jayon Mahoney, the safety, 89. Ethan Barr, the, the linebacker, 88. 
your boy A.J. Swan, 87, the quarterback, will be higher, but he's just a true sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, 85 for receiver Jaden McGowan. 84 for safety to Ricky Wright. That punter, come on, 83, Matthew Hayball. <laughs> 81 for center Julian Hernandez. And then 80 for right guard Bradley Ashmore. So a little mix of uh, a lot of different positions here, but uh, gives you an idea of, of where the, the best players on the Commodores are this fall. Oh, yeah. So biggest camp question, Shane, for me, and I hate to keep – you know, we've mentioned this guy's name about half a dozen times. He's not even on the team anymore. But who steps up after losing Ray Davis? I think that's critical for the Commodores. Does this defense take that next step? Because, frankly, Shane, I was expecting more from a Clark Lee defense. But I think it's that says more about what he inherited and in trying to build that thing back up. But in year three, that's no longer an excuse. Not with nine senior starters and, and all these right. seniors. So they don't have to be – dominant but they gotta they have to be able to stop some people i think and just which young players are ready to contribute if need be i think that's a real question mark for the vanderbilt commodores yeah kind of piggybacking off that mike uh on the offensive side i'm looking for a playmaker uh you know we talked about ray but don't forget mike you know mike wright won a lot of games last year with the explosive plays uh, with this, with just as I mean, he's a hell of a runner. Yeah. And where do they? How do they get that this year? Who's the dude that steps up and kind of gives them that home run hit? You know, so that on the offense, defense, easy for me, man. It's that this the defensive backs. They a lot of returning talent, but again, like we said, that doesn't always mean anything. You know, you, we need some dudes that can compete in the SEC that can stop because they play a lot. You, we're going to get in their schedule here in a minute. They're going to face some dudes, yeah. and, and, you know, they can't be taking the top off the defense like they did last year. Yeah, speaking of Mike Wright and that Hawaii, Shane, I I just have a flashbacks <laughs> of him just going running wild on those damn – Dude, we crowned him after that one, didn't we? <laughs> John left at halftime. He's like, I'm not sticking around for this bloodbath. <laughs> All right, Shay, decide to break down the schedule like we always do. Win, loss, or toss-up for each game on the Commodore schedule. And as always, we have to say it time and time again, we're doing this as Vanderbilt homers. So uh, bear with me here, Shane. Games that I think Vanderbilt fans expect to win right out the gate. First four games of the season. I mean, (laughs) we could go on a heater here, Shane. Hawaii at home. Alabama A&M at home. Mm -hmm. At Wake Forest, tricky, but they lost their quarterback. Also lost some key pieces. I think it's a little revenge factor here. Yep. At UNLV, it's a long trip, but they're under a new head coach, Barry Odom, as well. So, obviously, a rebuild at UNLV. I think it's safe to assume Vanderbilt fans anticipate a 4-0 start to the season. Do you uh, disagree with any of those? No, I agree with you here, man. I mean, I would love to see UNLV at home. Um, you know, Wake Forest, I don't think it's going to be as good as the last time they met. So, yeah, I think we got four wins here, Mike, right out of the gate, which is important mm-hmm. if you like to gamble, you know, because uh, Vanderbilt's over-under is pretty damn low this year. I think, what was it, two and a half, something like that? Yeah, I, th- I think it's been bent up to three and a half, but still. Still, you open up the season with these four wins. Guess what? You win. <laughs> so uh, I, I really like I like them as uh, you know on the gambling side here. But yeah, four wins right out of the gate. 
Now, any of these other games, we'll get to all of them here, but uh, any that you would change to should be a win for the Commodores? I'm just curious. No, no, none of them. I, I think, I mean, Vanderbilt's going to have to fight just like they did last year. They're going to mm-hmm. have to keep doing it year in, year out. So, okay. yeah, a lot of a lot of tosses and losses here. Yeah, so I got a lot of toss-ups here, Shane. And, and remember, I'm doing this as a Commodore homer. So, I mean, people are already getting – they're typing right now, Shane. They're so damn mad when they're looking at this graphic. But how can you <laughs> have <laughs> – Kentucky, first SEC game of the year. It's at home. You beat them. Yes, Kentucky will, you know, they will be wanting to prove something. Uh, they got Ray Davis. They're still your best player. So I understand if Kentucky wins this game, it's not the end of the world. But it feels like it'd be a step backwards, Shane, for Vanderbilt. If you lose at home, you're 4-0, team you beat on the road last year. Again, it's not the end of the world. But this is what I'm circling, where if you're going to make a bowl game, it's almost it's almost a must win for Vanderbilt. I'm not ready to go quite that far, but it's close. So that's kind of why I have a toss-up. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. No, and it, perfect sense. And I, I like it because if you do catch those four wins, you know, a team like Kentucky, you, you typically would put a loss here, but – you're building momentum, you know, the guys that we're, we're picking up, some of those question marks are answered. So mm-hmm. it's at home. So, yeah, I, I, I like a toss here. Now, bear with me here, Shane, because I know you love the Missouri Tigers, and I'm not yeah. saying you're wrong, not saying you're wrong. But it was a three-point game last year on the road in Columbia. And, and here's the critical factor why I said this is a toss-up, Shane. Mizzou, this will be a week before LSU, Shane. With the game that it all, Shane, I, anytime I post about LSU these days, I got Missouri yeah. fans in my mentions like, they're losing in Kobo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. you got to hope the team does not get caught off guard looking ahead to LSU. I think that's a real factor. And who knows, Shane? I mean, if Kansas State whoops Missouri, the wheels could start coming off this thing. So, yes, I would tend to favor Missouri uh, until – Vanderbilt actually beats him, but I think given how close the game was last year and and all those other factors, I could see conceivable that uh, Vanderbilt wins this. So so I have that as a toss as well. Yeah, I mean, again, as a homer, you're thinking Swan takes that sophomore step mm-hmm. that these receivers. I mean, that we get a few a few. I don't know, sneaky touchdowns that this defense, this this old-ass defense comes together <laughs> and, and keeps the score down so that we can just outscore them. So, yeah, when you look at a team like Mizzou, you're not as threatened as it were if it was a Georgia game or an Alabama game. Right. And then the next one, Shane, at Florida again. I get it. Florida's dominated you. Of course, you beat them last year. Yeah. Uh, this is essentially a must-win for Billy Napier and company, but – what happens, Shane, if uh, the wheels fall off and, and Florida has lost to Utah, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Kentucky? That's Those are all games before this one. So, yes, I, I lean towards Florida to get the revenge, particularly at home. But, again, if the wheels come off here and Vanderbilt's got some momentum, there's no reason to think that it's inconceivable that they could win this game too. Would, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I mean, it, it they beat them last year, you know. Uh, I think the big one, you kind of mentioned to it, they got Kentucky the week before. That's always an emotional fought game. And if mm-hmm. they lose that one, 
you know, how does that carry over? Because again, Vanderbilt's always a team that you expect to win until you're not. And, you know, Florida's got this penciled in as a homecoming, mm-hmm. maybe a revenge game, you know. But I, I always liked what, growing up when you were at somebody's homecoming and you beat them, you know. So <laughs> maybe there's just a, a, a little extra juice coming from them Commodores in this one. Yep. The next toss I got, Shane, Auburn at home. And I, mm-hmm. I know we just previewed Auburn. Hell, I picked Auburn to beat Alabama. So. Yeah. If it's that Auburn, yeah, they're going to kill you. I'll just I'll be honest with you. But who knows, man? I mean, how many times have we been wrong about a coach and a program and all this change and and who, you know, they got Georgia, they got uh A&M, they got Arkansas. They they got all these teams. They the losses could be piling up. It could be an incredibly difficult debut and there have been coaches Shane that come in with more fanfare than this and mm-hmm. fail to deliver. So you know, it's going to take a lot of breaks going your way, and it would take a lot of breaks going wrong for Auburn. But that's kind of why I have the toss up here. Yeah, and 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 with good reason here. Um, we because Auburn has a lot of question marks. I believe it or not, Vanderbilt has less question marks than Auburn does. So mm-hmm. uh, we we don't know exactly what that's going to look like November November fourth when these guys meet. So I have no no problem putting a toss. We we did the Auburn show and we did it optimistically, but there's also that other side. Like, what if it doesn't come together? What if this is a, a couple of years to to get back? So uh, if that's the case, you may be finding your first SEC victory here. Right, and the last toss-up, this is what I'm going to catch the most heat about, Shane. <laughs> 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 On the road at South Carolina, hell, a place you should have won last time. They needed a, a you know, a, a two-minute drive at, as the game closed. They had to score a touchdown to win by three. They did it, but they, you know, should have been a Vanderbilt win for whatever reason. Vanderbilt and South Carolina have played a lot of tight ball games here. South mm-hmm. Carolina's got one of the toughest schedules in the country they could be a five six loss team at this point in time this is before they got to play Clemson the week before I don't know I mean I this feels like a classic trap game that nobody sees coming again it's I'm not sitting here saying you should win it because it is on the road they'll have a lot to play for but I don't know Shane I think it's a (laughs) toss-up it's close man That, that thing about South Carolina though you're it's like you had Jackson's was it Jacksonville State the week before, <laughs> you know, it's like it's at home in Columbia. I could see why you would put this as a loss. Um, but then as a Vanderbilt fan, what if what if South Carolina season doesn't go as planned? What if they've got four or five losses and and you know, they're reeling and and mm-hmm. this place is not rocking like it usually is. So Crazier things have happened. Hell, it seems like it was just yesterday. I mean, you were sitting at that Tennessee Ole Miss game. We got that announcement over the speaker that this was a damn ball game, you know. So it's not it's not like Vanderbilt can't play South Carolina close. So, right, right. Uh, yeah, this this is a sneaky game, but um, I see why you put it at toss. Now, so the three losses I got, Shane, Georgia at home. Yeah. I mean, come on. At Ole Miss and at we got two weeks to prepare, but still, at Tennessee, <laughs> you disagree with any? Any of those should be tosses. No, no. I, I, I think, you know, the Ole Miss, you, I mean, it was close at half <laughs> last year. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm with you here. This is, uh, this is three losses right here. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through it, Shane, week by week as Vanderbilt homers. I'm trying to find Orna. my – 
Yeah. <laughs> I've tried to find my way to the postseason, Shane, and it starts yeah. with Hawaii. We've got to get off to a great start. Uh, they're coaching going into year two. We're in year three. We were a mile ahead of them last year. We're going to be two miles ahead of them this year. Shay, give me the Commodores. Big win <laughs> to open week zeros. I, I cannot wait for that game. Mike, we're, I'm doing the big orange walks for this game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like every day I'm counting down. Everybody's like, they're trying to figure it out because you'll see mine and then you'll see, hey, a week later, this is the kickoff. No, this is the official kickoff for SEC football. So all eyes will be on this game. And I think that's the crucial part here. And that's why I like Vanderbilt to crush those. Are they still Rainbow Warriors? I don't even know. I if think they go they're by just anymore. Warriors. I think they dropped the oh. Rainbow. Well, they should bring them back. I like. I, I miss those helmets, Mike. <laughs> well, maybe not on this game. Don't, this one, you're just going to sneak in, sneak out, you know? Shay, did you see uh, the Texas guy on Twitter, what he said to you today about your walks? No. Well, because he's a, he's a Longhorn, right? Yeah. So he said, is this what we do in the SEC? We count down to the first SEC game, or do we count down to our team's game? I'm confused. So – I just thought that was pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Uh, he's trying you know, to, gonna, he's trying to get the ways be... of the SEC down. Oh, I love I love it. I can't wait to get him over here. And I was I was talking to you about this the other day, and it was like I have no respect for the Big Twelve. I have no respect for the pack. I have no respect for any of those guys. You know, if it's I'm all SEC. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm doing these big orange walks, it's going to be really tough for me to put some Texas highlights in there, Oklahoma against Baylor. Who gives a shit? You know, it's like, I don't see, I, you know, the only thing that would go Texas's way is if they beat Alabama this year, mm-hmm. I will, I will find some way to put at least four of them into the big orange walks next year, you know, <laughs> but what you did pre sec, it's kind of hard for me to, to, to acknowledge. Yep. All right. So Alabama A&M, I mean, come on, that's a pick your score type game, right? Oh wait, where are we at? Oh yeah, Me too. No. Yeah, this is a big one. Again, tune up, tune up, tune up. Two home games. Uh you're rolling now. So yeah, that's a that's an easy win. Right. And then here's the big one, Shane. Wake Forest on the road. And I say big. I don't I don't not that this is a crucial game or anything, but real opportunity here, I think, to gain some momentum as as conference play gets close. They they beat us last year. But their star quarterback had like six touchdowns, and he's at Notre Dame now. So uh, I am not giving Wake Forest the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm giving Vanderbilt to take those strides. Give me three and zero for the Commodores. Mike, this may be. I think it's a big game. I think it may be the biggest game because you know if you're talking about gambling, you're talking about potentially making a bowl game. Yeah. You can't you can't afford to slip right. at a at another stadium. So uh, Wake Forest is building two. And they're going to try to put you out. So I, I think this is a big game, and I like the Commodores here. Give me three and zero. Now UNLV, Shane. Maybe if they were in year two, year three, year four of their rebuild, maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned. But year one, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, you're multiple seasons ahead of the progress there. Going across the country is always kind of interesting. Hopefully, um, I haven't looked up the elevation. That's what we always got to do with SEC country. <laughs> We're going out west, but I'm pretty sure Nevada's not that high. So, uh, give me the Commodores to go 4-0 to start the season. That's right. Is Petrino coach here? 
no, he was for about a week. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, thank God he left because <laughs> that's why I've got Vanderbilt winning. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So this, here's a big one, Shane. Conference opener. Kentucky comes to town. Beat them last year. They're going to have revenge on the mind. And I think that's kind of why I'm giving Kentucky the edge here, Shane, because I don't think Mark Stoops – I'm not saying he's on any kind of hot seat or anything, but right. my God, if he lost to Vanderbilt two years in a row, that whispers of that is going to start coming very, very real in Lexington. So I think this game's personal for the Kentucky Wildcats. I think they beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, and, and again, momentum here. If you are four and zero, I think. I mean, you want to sneak up like you did last year. You snuck up. You got Kentucky. You snuck up. You got Florida. But like you said, you put them on the radar when you do that. Stoops remembers this. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassing loss for for that program last year, and and it's still got a bad taste in his mouth. So. Kentucky ain't going to be overlooking you this time. So, unfortunately, I got them getting their first loss here against uh, UK. Yeah. So, the following week, Shane, I think this will be a big one. Missouri comes to town. And, yes, we love Missouri. The defense and coach drink. He's got a crazy mouth. I love it. But you know what I don't love, Shane, is what? him losing to Vanderbilt. Give me the <laughs> Commodores to swing it back. And I, I think this is a game they have circled, um, like you were saying with that Wake Forest one. If they want to make a bowl game, I think beat either Kentucky or Missouri. And I think Missouri is more realistic. Uh, I think they have to win one of these. So, um, I mean, this this is almost like the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I've, I've, like you said, I feel like they have to as well. And and when I'm when I'm looking at Vanderbilt, the only downside, brother, is you're going against one of the toughest secondaries in the country. And, and I think that's what Vanderbilt's going to need to win some of these SEC games. They're going to have to find somebody that's vulnerable in that secondary. And I just that's that's the kicker here. Years past, maybe you got Mizzou, but. Yes, maybe I've just I've been drinking the Kool Aid too long, but I, I got another loss here for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Yeah, I, I think that's understandable. All right, the following week, Shane at Florida. Oh, yeah, you could probably end Billy Napier right here if you beat the Gators two years in a row and you do it in the swamp. Um, I just think I think this game's going to be personal for the Florida Gators. They just. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they probably have heard about this damn game every day since it happened. So, um, I just think it's too much to go down to Gainesville and expect to win. It's In my mind, again, if things crater wrong for Florida, maybe you catch them off guard. Uh, you should go down there with hopes to win the game. But give me the Gators in this one. Man, I think about that that uh, uh, time, you know, Dan and – he was yelling at uh, Mason, and, and, you know, they were just getting back and forth. You know, I think that would be awesome. Uh, who do you think would win? Billy and uh, – I mean, that would be a hell of a fight, brother. That may be the best no, fight give in me, the SEC. Those two give guys me, Well, yeah, give me Clark Lee, though. I mean, walk on fullback. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Yeah. God, I'd pay to see that. I think this is going to be a close <laughs> game, Mike. I really do. I think it's going to come down the wire. I don't – even – take the homerism off. I, I just think Florida expects to win. They lost last year, but they still expect to win. And Vanderbilt, you know, maybe they're not as scared of Florida as they have been in years past because they took it to them. So right. I, I think this is going to be a sneaky good game here. I just I'm, – I'm sorry. I'm trying to be optimistic here. I just cannot give Vanderbilt the nod. So, Florida, 
Barely. Yeah. Now, the following week's going to be tough, Shane. Yeah. Georgia comes to town, and when they come, they don't just bring your football team, Shane. They yeah. bring all yeah. the fans. So, this is almost like a home game for them Georgia Bulldogs. Might have to go down there and drink on Broadway with some of them dogs that come up to Nashville, <laughs> Shane. So, I mean, they yeah, they could win by 100 points. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and, and Kirby's just like that. He, no days off, no overlooking. This, this is going to be a big – there's a I, at least you got a bye week next week. You can heal up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So at Ole Miss, you know this will be a tough game. Like you said, game game some fight last year, and I think that pissed them off, and they just throttled you in the second half. I think Ole Miss going to be really good this year. Lane Kiffin is not going to overlook Vanderbilt. Uh, give me Ole Miss in this one. Could be a fun game though. Could be a little bit of a shootout, and that's what I like. Uh, I just, I just think Ole Miss has got too much firepower. So I'm with you here. Right. Uh, uh, another loss for Vanderbilt. Now, Shane, what is the beauty? We we captured this on the last episode. Go back and check it out if you missed it. But Hugh Freeze, he'll pull off a miracle upset. He'll win the Iron Bowl. You know, he wins games yeah. like that. Then he turns around and he drops games. He shouldn't, Shay. This is the stutter here. Give me the Commodores to punch that <laughs> ticket, get that six win, go into a bowl game. I just think this will mean everything in the world. I, Auburn may even be on a heater here, Shane, but I think they'll overlook Vanderbilt. Give me the Commodores. And that's it, Mike. I, I feel like Vanderbilt's going to sneak up and punch a couple of these in the mouth. Um, you know, I'm looking at all these tosses. They're not shoe-ins by no means. So. Right. Who do they drop one to? Who do they win? I'm probably wrong, but I'm with you here, man. I think they upset old Auburn Tiger. War damn Eagles going down. Got them at home. I think I think the timing's perfect. I, I, you know, you've been suffering a, a slew of losses, but that's one thing about this Coach Lee team is they don't quit, man. Mm-hmm. There's no quit in this team. These boys are going to fight. They're going to grind. You're going to get the best football you can out of them, and if you come ill-prepared, you're going to lose, and I think that's what happens here. So give me a victory for the Vanderbilt Commodores. How about the next week, Shane? On the road at South Carolina, incredibly hostile environment. Got to hope that it's a uh, nooner. I mean, that's that's the best case scenario when everybody's got a, a trip down there to Columbia because yeah. we all know what that place is like at night. Um, so <laughs> that may be in your favor, Shane. This probably will be a nooner type ball game, but uh, I still think South Carolina will be too strong on at home against the Commodores. So give me the Gamecocks here. Yeah, I. I... If I were picking another toss to possibly win, I would have picked Vanderbilt if it weren't in Columbia. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I, I, I like the secondary. I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup. What, what Spencer Rattler shows up? I mean, again, we don't know that. We, we may. I mean, this team could be imploding. I'm not saying yeah. that's happening. I mean, they'd be on a heater, but they, they may, worst case scenario, just be defeated. And if that's the case, man, sneaking up to Clemson game, uh, maybe, maybe Vanderbilt sneaks up and gets them a victory here. So I think this is close if that's the case, but I still think there's a little too much firepower over in South Carolina. It's tough. It's a tough place to play. So give me, uh, give me a win for uh, South Carolina. Now how about the finale, Shane Vanderbilt will have two weeks to prepare against their biggest rival. I don't even think they say Tennessee. They say that orange team up there on Rocky Top. Mm-hmm. Two weeks to prepare, like I said. Give me the upset. Vanderbilt against the spread. Tennessee wins it. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, you know, I thought, I mean, there was a bunch of us last year that gave pause after that South Carolina ass kicking they had yeah. last year. Like, hey, I mean, we got Joe Milton now. What does this program look like? The, does Vanderbilt sneak up? They've already knocked off two SEC teams. Mm-hmm. But too much. Too much. Too many weapons on that program. They still got them. They got more of them. Uh, they're too fast. Uh, this offense is just too tough. Now, crazier things have happened. And, it, again, kind of like I was saying with South Carolina, if Tennessee's schedule didn't go as planned, you may have a defeated program. How does that locker room look? Again, that's what Vanderbilt's going to catch. I think right now it's so hard to predict because we don't know what these other teams are going to do. Vanderbilt, you're going to get Vanderbilt football every single week. So if you come in like Tennessee did with South Carolina last year, well, then Vic, Vanderbilt's going to walk away with a victory. So um, – but as of right now, there's no way I'm picking <laughs> Vanderbilt to beat Tennessee. So, Vanderbilt with uh, their last loss of the season here. Yeah. Well, if they But get- five wins. Five wins. You know, I, I know that sounds – you're nobody's hanging banners for five wins. But, again, I do think it's progress. I think there's a chance for six wins mm-hmm. and get to a bowl. I think that's the ultimate goal here for, for Coach Lee. Right. Uh, and, and they're right there. They're right there on the edge. Yeah. Well, Shane, that's going to do it for our fall camp preview series. First time we've actually went through all the teams. How about it? <laughs> yeah, we did it this time. <laughs> and then next year we'll get two more to add to yeah. uh, the collection. So, uh, hey, back to, well, not quite regularly scheduled programming because we got SEC Media Days right around the corner. Don't forget Bearded Iris, 3 to 6, Saturday, July 15th. But uh, you got anything else, brother, before we hop off the line? No, just look forward to seeing everybody. Uh, And again, if you've not got on YouTube yet, hit the subscribe button. Get those notifications turned on because when we get to media days, we're going to be cranking it. And every time we go live, you'll get the feed instantaneously. And and there's no filter, man. There's there's no edit. So this is going to be wild. It's going to be – there'll be interaction. So if you want to get on there and you want to ask me or Mike questions or anything like that – uh, you know, this we're here at Media Days, but we're here with you. You know, if there's, I'll, I'd like to poll the audience and say, hey, if we got Sam, what's the question you would want us to ask? If we've got Hopel, if we've got Shane Beamer, if Nick Saban scrolls, you know, he, he may not because he's mad at Mike, but if he comes over to the table, it says, you know, sits down with us for a little bit. What would you want us to ask? So when Mike puts this show out tomorrow, put those questions in there because, again, we'll file it away and, and, and be sure to include if it's good enough. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to interview Nick Saban and say, you know, this comes from Bubba down in Jasper, Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'd love that, wouldn't he? He may just get up and walk away. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I appreciate you as always. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Anchor down. (laughs) Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast, Hail State.